Hi everyone, Anthony Fantano here, internet's busiest music nerd, and in this latest episode of the Needle Drop podcast, we are having a conversation with one of my new favorite YouTube channels right now, H3H3 Productions, with its two stars, Ethan and Ela Klein. How you guys doing? What up? Hi. And thank you so much for that. Nice. What a what a great what a great introduction. Thank you so much. New favorite. Well, I'm, I'm I'm not done. I'm not done. <laughs> oh, I, keep I was going. Keep going. Oh my god, I love it. Keep going. These guys have a fantastic comedy channel, and I was actually planning on featuring them on the podcast a while ago, but then uh, uh, I got distracted because you know I'm 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 ridiculous like that. But then recently uh, they came into a bit of a copyright problem on their <laughs> channel, and I figured, hey, you know, let's let's take this opportunity to talk about kind of the issues that they're dealing with over there, but also talk about what they're doing with their channel. And oh, it looks like uh, Mr. Frank Javsi has just appeared on. Skype as well. Mr. Frank Javc, a YouTube musician and remixer who also said that he would be on this episode, uh, but is a little late, but now is sort of appearing out of the ether and will be on here as well. I will link to H3H3 Productions down in the description box of this video. I will also be linking to the two videos Ethan and Ela made talking about uh, uh, the recent problems they've been having with their channel in terms of copyright claims. And uh, I'll be linking to uh, Frank's channel as well. And we'll be talking to him about uh, that stuff too. So as I sort of bring Frank into the fold over here and sort of get him online, um, Ethan, can you kind of jump into sort of how this whole thing started? Like when you initially got this copyright claim and sort of what it was over and kind of uh, what your initial actions were to kind of resolving this problem? Yeah, sure. Basically what happened was we've got uh, our, our most popular video was a goof on a prankster, a YouTube prankster. And uh, basically, he claimed our number one most popular video. And basically, it, it, it was a pattern. It wasn't the first time. And the first couple of times it happened, we're like, okay, you know, it's not worth getting into it. It's a claim. It's We're going to lose money. It's our property. We worked on this video. But you know what? We're just going to let it go. But when we got this claim on our on our like most popular video about a, a prank, which is, a lot of our videos are about that, we felt like, you know, they had thrown a gauntlet at us and basically it's like they're, they're establishing that they can just take our videos whenever they want. So at mm-hmm. that point, we, we had no plans to actually take it that far. But once that video got claimed, we just said, we, well, we've got, we've got to like make a stand on this point because they're just going to claim all of our videos. So. And, and let's make it clear at this point, like in, in your videos, you're <sighs> grabbing just simply clips of other YouTube videos. And- uh, yeah. Hey, that that sounded like some beautiful vapor wave going oh, on hey. right there. Hi, uh, I just woke up. Sorry about everything. Uh, <laughs> hey, nice to meet you, Ethan. I I like your hey, videos. Nice to meet you. Oh, thanks. I nice was just watching you. some of yours. They're really funny. Oh, thank you. No, they're not. They're good, dude. <laughs> Believe it. Okay, Frank. Um, you know what? Grab, gr- grab, grab a grab a cup of tea, uh-huh. and 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 when you come back. We will sort of talk about the the copyright claim that that recently sort of got leveled at at your channel. All right, cool. Okay, and and we'll and we'll see you in a second. All right, all right. Well, he just woke <laughs> up. <laughs> Sleeping beauty over here, dude. Exactly. I mean, you know, whenever I see him in his videos, he looks so gorgeous, he especially so the, well the long. I, mean, I know guy, he, he looks very well rested, and this his hair is just flowing. Crazy. 
Well, it's because I great, film man. my videos at like five in the morning. That's mm. my time of, you know, activity. What's, what's, what's your, is your skin secret sleep? You're just radiating in this video. It's oh, thank great. you. So well rested. <laughs> <laughs> It's the uh, uh, it's 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 the rest. It's the sleep. It's also the late nights in front of the computer. The the actually the uh, the light emitting off of the monitor actually does wonders wonders, the wonders it's on the radioactive skin. glow. Why thank it's, you? It's also all the tea that he's making you drink. Yeah, exactly. Sure. I I actually have him on a very stick tea regimen. That's good. A yeah. lot of antioxidants. Man, you're a healthy guy, dude. You can teach me some things. I will eventually. That's my whole YouTube career. Health. Yeah, he's he's recently gotten into uh, uh, doing uh, cooking videos. Oh wow! Yeah, those are fun. Check those out, man. I'm gonna learn a couple of things from you. Yeah, I believe he made vaporwave macaroons in one yeah, video. That that got me uh, a lot of hate among the vaporwave community. <laughs> yeah, va- vaporwave and French food—they don't mix. Yeah, I just watched your vaporwave video. It, it skirted a great line in the first half of. I couldn't tell if it was ironic or. Or, seri- or if you actually liked Vaporwave, but it slowly revealed that I was stupid that's, for actually thinking that it was. That's my aesthetic. I like like living on that line of, is it real or not? And yeah. <laughs> Successful, dude. All right, Frank, we'll, t- we'll talk uh, to you in a second. All but, right. Um, right. Because, hey, you know, we, hey, we can, we, we can sit here all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just we we can nap. sit here all day and just love on each other. Yeah. Oh, thank or, you. <laughs> or, um, uh, so, so before Frank hopped in, I wanted to say let, let's let's make it clear: like you're not just playing entire videos of other YouTubers from beginning to end. There's actually an episode where you made fun of a YouTuber who actually does that, who sort of makes yeah. a living just playing other people's content on yes. his channel. Uh, Soflo Antonio, by I believe it yeah, was. So, shout out to Soflo, by the way, one of the greatest goofster and gasters <laughs> of all time. I mean, this guy is making YouTube a great place, and I mean content. Didn't exist before Sofla Antonio. This guy is the king. Shout out. So, check out Sofla Antonio, guys. We'll, we'll, we'll pop back onto uh, Soflo uh, later in, into the video. But, um, Can I just say how flow uh, he is? He's so flow, dude. He's so flow. That's so much flow. <laughs> so, great guy. Oh anyway. My God. Yeah. To well, I mean, yeah. So, so, so you're not playing entire videos. You're taking clips. You're well, commenting. Very, I mean, we're because fair use is so important to yeah. us and what we do, we're very conscious of how much of the clip we use we always do our best to to use as little as possible to kind of tell the story you know what i mean and 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 while and while the clips may be ridiculous they may be funny the comedy really comes in when you're commenting you know you're Mm -hmm. not just showing the clip just to show it right you you know the comedy comes in when you're adding to that clip or sort of putting your opinion onto that clip yes and that's kind of that's the whole there's basically there's Two main points to fair use. And one of them is, is it transformative? Meaning, is it just, is it not just a re-upload of the same video, like you're saying? And sure. two, does it compete with the original video's market? Like, am I, am I stealing traffic from the original market? And I mean, both of those, both of those answers, in my opinion, would be a resounding no with, with what we do. Well, no, absolutely not. I mean, I'm sure that you've gotten tons of hate off of that video with that video's original audience. Oh, um, yeah. Big, t- uh, t- telling you like, oh, well, the, the kisses are real, Ethan. The kisses hater. are the real. The most popular we get is you fucking hater. You're just jealous, dude. You just want to kiss girls. Yeah, exactly. Like you're just mad at him because you're not kissing all the women that he's kissing in his video. That is obviously staged. There's a t- honestly, there's a touch of that. I'm I'm bitter, mm-hmm. dude. I'm a little I'm a little jealous of Chris, dude. And honestly. If I had a bracelet collection like Chris, man, I'd be getting I would be getting so many kisses, dude. 
what's what's keeping you from uh, from collecting that many bracelets? I just don't know if I can pull it off, man. I mean, I, I, I go to Hot Topic and I browse kind of just like, I wish I could pull this off, but I just know that I cannot. You're it just, breaks you're my just heart. too self-conscious. What? You're just too self-conscious. It's a shame, dude. I, I just, I wish I could get so many more kisses. <laughs> like what? what oh God. Okay. That, so, so, okay. Okay. okay I'm going to get okay. off topic. Yeah. I'll let yeah, you, yeah. I'll let you leave so, this conversation. <laughs> So, yeah, because you'll make me fucking laugh all day, dude. Um, so, so, you, so you gotta tone it down. You gotta tone it down just a little bit. Cause you'll make me laugh all fucking day. a little bit day. more serious here. Um, so, so, so you, you're, you're actually transforming this content. People are watching it for your commentary. They're not just watching it because they want to see this guy kiss girls. If they but, wanted to yeah. see that, they would just watch the full video. Yeah, exactly. So, but, and, 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 and so in a way, the people who are the copyrights holders, the MCN that sort of works on Chris's behalf, are sort of <laughs> stepping in to silence your video because it makes him look ridiculous. Well, the, yeah, that's kind of that was the thing that really pissed me off about this specific case because there's there's the automated system and then this one was manually detected because we're in managed, which means yep. that we're excluded from the automated match system. Yeah, your video was hand picked. It was hand picked. Yeah, and um. Yeah, and I saw it as a, as an attempt to censor us. And, yeah, I mean and that video had three million views. It, it, I mean there was no way that was just going to go unnoticed. Ironically, it had more views than most of his videos. I think he only had one mm. video with more views than that one. I don't yeah. know how how that happened, but I think that's I think he probably didn't like that that much to be honest. And I mean, like when when we got the claim, we countered the claim, and they say immediately, <laughs> "No, we still own it." And, you know, we, you do the song and dance, and eventually you come to the point where it's like. Okay, if you counter this again, they will either have the option to release their claim or take down your video. So when we got to that point, they immediately took it down. Like, so it, it seemed pretty obvious to me that the agenda was censorship and control. And I, I was not going to make the video about the story. I wanted to see what would happen when we got to that point, if they would actually take it down. And as soon as that video went down, we're just, I was so angry. I just like, you get the camera, dude. We're fucking, this is. I got to talk. You know what I mean? Like I was ready to go to war with them. And what's, what's angering and kind of upsetting about it is that there used to actually, I mean, when YouTube was a bit more uh, manageable in terms of its popularity and its size, the way that this whole, I guess, sort of uh, uh, process worked is, I mean, you countered with a claim like you did to challenge, you know, that strike that was leveled against you. And then if the other person, uh, rejected that counter, then the option to go to court was there or the option to sort of, you know, uh, uh, evoke some kind of uh, yeah. legality to clear up the situation. And it kind of seems like MCNs are putting their foot down before you could even bring this to court or create a legal situation. Well, um, it, they're yeah. not even giving you the option to put the law on your side. They're just actually just yeah. taking down the video yeah. and just destroying exactly. the thing that is creating, you know, the, uh, the dispute to begin with. <laughs> exactly. It's like the whole system is, is, is in my opinion, created to um, make people afraid of countering it. You, you feel like I'm, I'm fucked. I can't mm. do anything to get my video back. In fact, you can. It takes some time and it's quite annoying. And the end, the end result is basically saying, okay, you can sue me if you want. But the whole thing is built just to make you feel afraid because the whole time it's like, are you sure you can get sued? Your, t your account can get shut down, all this shit, right? But like, uh, 
nothing, nothing like that will happen. It's all automated. And yeah. I mean, even on our side, it took, it was scary. It was frightening even to go through with it the first time we, this is the third time we've dealt with countering a strike and we, we quickly, we quickly realized that it's just a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of, um, it, it seems like a lot of, uh, misinformation in a way because they're not adequately educating you in terms of what fair use exactly is. So they just kind of throw you in there, not knowing that you don't understand any of this and that the weight of the MCNs can just kind of step in and crush whatever yeah, you're doing. Cause they, they understand that it is bullshit and they're just completely exploiting the system that's there for them. And I mean, when you're, when you're a YouTuber, you know, big or small and, We've all put so much work and love and effort into our channel. And when you just say, Hey, I want, I want to own the video that I made. And mm. there's a big red text that says, if you file this erroneously, you realize that we will, we can and will shut down your channel. A lot of 90% of the people are going to be like, I don't want to take that risk, even though it's complete bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it seems like, you know, YouTube does a good job of keeping the platform afloat, but in terms of just like enforcing the rules and making sure it's managed, they've kind of handed that power over to the MCNs because they would rather sort of have these multi-channel networks that everybody is signed to sort of make these decisions of whose videos should be up and what, and whose videos shouldn't and sort of which videos they're going to defend and stand behind and which videos and channels they're not, uh, rather than getting their hands dirty and actually dealing with their, you know, own sort of, uh, own sort of platform. It's insane. It's the biggest, it's the biggest scam on YouTube. And, and I have to say the MCN is like, it's so toxic. The, the whole, the whole definition of what it does is just toxic. I mean, they prob, probably, there's less than a hundred YouTubers that actually get service from their MCN and everyone else is just being leached. The only reason to join an MCN is to get like hidden default YouTube monetization options. That's all they do. And like it, their whole thing is just basically scamming people into thinking they need them. And actually they do because YouTube's created this environment where you can't properly monetize your videos unless you're in a network. And it's just or so that your channel is just constantly under threat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's um, you know, I've, I've had plenty of conversations with, uh, 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 filthy Frank, you know, not as filthy Frank, but you know, sort of, uh, as I can imagine as, that. And, um, you know, and, 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 and we've spoken about sort of his relationship with him, his MCN and, you know, and, and he says that, I mean, he essentially couldn't thrive without it because of just all of the, uh, uh, claims that people make against his videos for being so offensive. Um, uh, yeah, the, the uh, restriction is a whole nother monster that's like, just oh yeah, absolutely. So just all the stuff, all, all the people, his videos piss off, uh, put him in a situation where he, <laughs> He essentially, uh, is, you know, um, uh, just unable to have his channel function without, you know, this, uh, uh, sort of, uh, group of people kind of standing behind him and just the constant flagging of his videos. Yeah. Um, and, and full disclosure, I mean, I'll say that, uh, I'm on an MCN now, uh, I'm on Complex's MCN mm -hmm. and, um, you know, when I, when I stepped on, uh, uh, they gave me, you know, high rev share. And I knew that I was, uh, one of the top five channels in their networks so that if I do needed, if I, if I did need someone to respond to what I was saying and I was having a problem, I could get a quick response and that they would defend my channel if something bad were to happen. And, yeah. you know, when, when I also signed on, you know, they gave me the option of, a. uh, 
having my videos content matched. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I obviously turned that down immediately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah because the thing is, I think, uh, you know, how other people celebrate your content is, is, and, and sort of share it and remix it. I mean, yeah. it's sort of the it's, all press is good press sort of thing. Yeah. And I mean, there's a whole nother debate to be had if even like copyright, copyright laws should exist at all. I mean, I think the sure. only legitimate claim to copyright is if someone just straight up re-uploads a song or video. If there's, I mean, that's it. That's pretty much it. Like the way they have it now, it's like if it matches for one second, they own your video. Mm. Your whole video. It's such bullshit. I mean, YouTube needs to, YouTube needs to step it up. And I think that they could easily change it. So if it matches for like a full 30 seconds, a song or video, then, then a claim could be fair in that regard. But the way it is now, it's just, it's, it's punishing people trying to create content and it's just, it's, it's not conducive to a, to a good creative environment. And that's why you see vloggers and let's play people just flourishing like crazy and people who are actually trying to make content. It's like, how many, how many, uh, large YouTubers do you know of that actually just make content and not vlogs or video games? Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like commenting on, on other sort of content and stuff like that. I mean, uh, less and less. I mean, it sort of depends on the era of YouTube that you're talking about. I mean, there was a time when, when sketch comedy was huge, but then there were sketch comedy people who were getting their videos taken down because they had like music in them. And there are some let's players who get away with doing what they're doing, but it sort of depends on what they're doing. Let's plays of, I mean, yeah. I've seen, I've seen people, uh, in the let's play community comment on how sort of draconian Nintendo's been yeah, with, yeah. with, uh, uh, the content that they have sort yeah, of, they're, de- they're definitely, well, with let's players, I think they, they choose, they, they should know going in that they're at the mercy of whatever company, whatever game they need to, they need to understand like immediately. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, the thing is, uh, ultimately, even though what you're doing may sort of be fair use in a sense, uh, you're still sort of at the mercy, you know, um, uh, I think Frank is here on the line with us now. Frank, are you hanging out with us here? Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm here. Okay. Well, I mean, Fra- Frank, I mean, his, what he does, you know, sort of remixing songs, uh, uh and, and making original music as well mm-hmm. falls directly under the whole, um, uh, fair use claim. And yet yeah. he still sort of had an issue recently with his channel having content removed. And now he's got a try a strike sitting against his channel. Yeah, it was the worst day of my life. Um, originally, I started YouTube making 8-bit covers. So a lot of them were actually taken down. And the reason they were taken down, it said it was, uh, what was it? Like, compositions are apparently copyrighted. So the first one I ever took down was, like, the first one they ever took down was, like, a Lady Gaga 8-bit of telephone. Hmm. So, like, they took that down saying it was under a... Uh, uh, composition copyright. So then, ever since that happened, like I, I just stopped making eight bit. And no. um, recently, oh, go on. I, w- I just wanted to ask, who was it that removed your video? Uh, I think it was Interscope. Yeah, the the label probably. It was the label. Up. I yeah. find that yeah. so insane that they would rather not exist at all. Then yeah, then have then, like you know what I mean. Like they did. It's, it's only celebrating the song. Yeah, ultimately, they, they don't even want the revenue. They just want it to not exist. Yeah, does that seem just absolutely fucking criminally insane? Yeah, it's like it's totalitarian. It's like they're like, no, this can't exist. There can only be one. But there like, can't be an eight bit Lady Gaga. Yeah, 
<laughs> just an a, well, just an HD. Did, did you did you try countering the strikes and claims and takes downs and all that? Well, that was when I first started, like in 2011, 2012. So I didn't do anything. Like I was afraid of the system. But um, yeah, recently, scary. I got another strike uh, for a Frank Ocean remix where I sped up like one of his songs. Like it's known as Nightcore, and I sped it up and I put uh, Legend of Zelda Lost Woods over it because they 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 mashed up perfectly. So I put that on there, and that was taken down recently, and I got a strike for that remix. But I'm fighting that one under fair use and remix and all that other stuff. So I, I need to wait like a full month until I get anything out of that. So it's a full month that they're making people wait now to resolve these claims? Well, it says 10 days, but that yeah. was like, I think, like five days ago. So I'm mm. just going to give or take a month. Okay. I, think it's I like, mean, it's, it's 10 business days. So usually it's like about two weeks, I think. Yeah. yeah. I've I've had to do that before as well. And um, uh, and yeah, I mean, the, the, they're usually pretty strict about the 10-day business rule thing. Yeah, you, and, should have, and, you should have it back soon. And I, hope I don't. So. I, I hope so as as well. And Frank, I don't know if you've run into this issue as well. I mean, I've I've had uh, stuff happen on my channel where I've put original music onto the channel, or there are parts of my videos that have featured original music, like um, uh, the very ends of some of my videos. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, uh, had like a short little instrumental on it, just kind of play the video out. And immediately YouTube would sort of, you know, jump onto my channel and be like, is this music yours? Is this yeah. song yours? We're going yeah. to hold monetization on your video until we know that it's yours. That is yeah, that's the worst. And especially when it's a song, like, how do you prove you made it? You know, it's like, well, I mean, well, nobody I that, else is saying they made it. I think this is another part of the system that's designed to scare you because nobody checks that shit. You just you could submit a picture of your asshole literally, and they'll they'll <laughs> let you monetize it because nobody's going to look at it. I sw- you know, nobody's going to look at that. They're just sure, scaring sure. you. The 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 system is scary, and 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 obviously the 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 way to sort of fight this stuff is by you know reading up on fair use, verifying maybe with somebody who is more familiar with it than you are. <laughs> that 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 this is in fact the case and actually fighting the claim but simultaneously i think kind of a, a something that um was really interesting in 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 your instance ethan recently uh w- with your video takedown is that you sort of really had your fans on your side sort of directly contacting uh <laughs> yeah, people who yeah people who worked uh, uh at full screen um, and just sort of, you know, telling them what's going on. And while sometimes, you know, uh, uh, the current state of outrage culture on, on social media can be kind of headache inducing, it seemed like, you know, in this instance, it, it did something good. You know, people were mad that it was real justice. I, I had a, I had a full on justice boner for, I still have it. <laughs> it's still, it's standing right still I'm today. Fully, I'm fully torqued. I'm, <laughs> I'm flying an American flag from it, dude. It's insane. I've got a fan next to me. It's just blowing in the wind. <laughs> I don't even hear the breeze. That's great. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's, it seems like your, your fans really came through. And, and the thing is, if, if, if there weren't people pissed off about this, wh- where do you think you'd be right now? <laughs> well, what I expected is that. You know, we posted a story second channel, so I expected, you know, some people would be angry. And uh, but beyond that, I didn't expect much. We we countered the the takedown as soon as as it came up. So I just expected we'd get it back in 10 days, you know, hmm. but yeah. uh, 
I was pissed off, you know, that it's, that they're trying to censor us and scare us into this shit. And they're what 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 made me angry was that um, as a, as a network, like they should be more responsible because they know better than anyone else that they're abusing the system. And when full screen put their name on it instead of like Chris, then I was like, dude, these these fuckers, these guys are real sons of bitches. You know what I mean? They're like they're they're exploiting the system that they helped create and are a part of. And I mean. What what I expected was just for it to go away, but like I didn't I didn't expect the outrage. But I think if I can add something, um, another thing was that they tried to make us take down the video that we, what we were talking about them. Yeah. And in response to us not agreeing to take it down, they went and claimed two more videos. And I think we knew that the first one will get back in ten days. But if we if people didn't like upset them that much and if they i don't know if all if the whole big thing didn't happen we would just have another two videos claimed right now or possibly strikes and, yeah and we'll have to like deal with this for like two more months yeah, probably it would have been so yeah you don't need to get the whole internet upset to <coughs> fix this you shouldn't stuff. have to get the whole yeah. internet upset. and that's why i think like we spoke to the ceo full screen after this shit just blew up and he was we were trying to resolve it together but um in a and, way, he, he said he thought it was, the whole thing was unfair against them. But I, I, what I was thinking is like, dude, what's he was saying unfair? he was saying people were unfair to full screen. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm like, dude, I'm like, dude, get a dose of, of fucking reality. Thousands of us deal with this shit every day, and you and you get outraged for one evening, and you want to talk to me like unfair. It's like fuck you, dude. Power to the creators. Suck my dick, dude. I mean, what was you didn't really get too much detail into his conversation that you had with him on your video i mean what was was your conversation with the, the ceo of full screen generally pleasant so okay i didn't speak too much about it because i guess i wanted to respect his privacy a little bit but I, yeah. I i don't mind speaking about it i will say because for the most part my impression of him was was good mm-hmm. he's a young dude who was one of the early people on youtube and i feel like he he told me that he thinks that they did the wrong thing in, in the moment the thing he was nice and and understanding and kind and he helped and he wanted to help us. I mean, he he even invited us to come meet him at the office. He, he he's he's promised me now that they're going to implement it and try to change it. He says he never wants to be on the wrong side of copyright abuse again. I mean, he's he's made some really genuine gestures, but the thing that that was never good for me in his explanation was like how they made the two claims after threatening us. That was like obviously a d- directly related, and his explanation of, of stuff like that was like, oh well, it, it was a coincidence, you know. He never he never completely owned up to how fucked up they reacted, mm-hmm. but for the most part, he he was a uh, he was definitely mostly on our side. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's sort of what I hope to hear, and that's what I anticipated because yeah. it seemed like uh, it, for full screen to be doing what they're doing. I don't think they could be continuing as they are without sort of putting a sort of a benevolent face on it. You know what I mean? It seemed like when you were having a conversation with the, your manager from the MCN that you used to be a part of up until recently collective, it it seemed like that that's, that's really when sort of the whole story that you were telling in your two videos got really disturbing that um, this person was trying to, really scare you into not 
going head to head with full screen. I mean, the the greatest irony of this whole situation was that their answer to our censorship video was to try to censor us. And I have to say, yeah, I'm really happy we got to make that second video because what was happening with Collective was even more disturbing and stressful than the full screen shit. And they released us from our contract, as we explained in our second video, after basically just talking about them a little. Which, which up until the point when you told that story, I had never heard of such a thing. That that <sighs> a, that an, an, an MCN would be so sort of fed up with the actions of its channel trying to fight for the legitimacy of its own videos that they would just release you like that? Well, because... Well, basically, we were asking and pleading with them to release us from day one because they yeah. deceived us and lied to us. And, sure. whole, and they, they refused the whole time. They were very rude, very unhelpful, toxic, evil, sociopaths. These people are, mm. are fucking yeah. – these are the people who put fucking carsonic in baby food because it costs five cents less. <laughs> these are the people running collective. And well, I mean like, it's it, – I, I think a lot of the – I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can speak to this as well. I mean, a lot of these MCNs, I mean, they'll step to a YouTuber and they'll make you feel like they're way more invested and way more familiar with your YouTube channel than, than you think oh. they are. Oh, yeah. And then the moment you're signed to them, it's like they don't even know you. It's like, what? So, Who? Like, what, what does your channel do? What? Yeah, sit in the fucking corner and wait for your contract to expire, you piece of shit, basically. It's the feeling <laughs> we got. And I mean, that's kind of like what we touched on in our second video, too, is that the way that I think one, even a biggest problem is everything else we spoke about is these predatory contracts. Mm. Like the only way to protect ourselves, I think contracts should be straight up illegal on YouTube because they are used to exploit everybody. And the only way to keep them honest and the only way to protect yourself is to, is to get a month to month contract. Otherwise they will just sign you up and they will not stop caring about you as soon as you sign that contract. Yeah. And, and I think it's, uh, I think. If you're, if you're an up and coming channel, before you consider signing to an MCN, you, you really cannot take them at their word for anything that is not in writing. You know, the the thing is the contract that they send you, the contract that they give you will be very, very basic. But on top of that contract in your conversations with these people, they'll say, we'll get your channel promoted and, you know, we'll put it here and here and here. And I think everyone should assume that networks will do absolutely nothing for them. Unless you're, only... unless you're Mark Plyer, yeah, they won't yeah. they won't do anything. I mean, think about it. These networks have thousands and thousands of members. What the hell are they can? What the hell do they care about one channel? They don't yeah, absolutely. For that. Yeah, you, you that that's why if if you're signing on with a channel, you have to really look at where your YouTube channel is in terms of popularity and subscribers. If you're just another small channel on their network, which I mean, you may have a few hundred thousand subscribers, which is not small to you. That's, that's great. You know, that's enough to sort of, you know, uh, sustain yourself off of hopefully, uh, if you have enough traffic. But, uh, the thing is you're only surrendering some of that, some of that money that you would be making every month at the end of the day, uh, just to be signed to a network that ultimately has dozens and dozens, really probably hundreds of other channels that are around the same size as yours. And, you know, uh, even though your channel genre wise may be totally different from every other channel that they have at the end of the day, you're just like another channel to them. You know, ultimately they don't care if, Ultimately, they don't care if you've made 200,000 subscribers being the world's foremost expert on like, you know, growing fucking blueberries, you know, at at, at the end of the day, you're just another 200,000 subscriber channel. And I say, unless you have like, if you have under 10 million views a month, 
you are not going to get service. And that's why I suggested in the second video that a lot of people were upset by this, but I have to say, I, we were with a freedom affiliate before we signed to collective and it was always good to us. And that's why I recommended people to sign up with freedom is because it's month to month. That's the only reason. And I, and, and I recommend what, what ultimately made you change your mind moving on from them. And then you moved to collective because we were with freedom for a long time and it was comfortable and we were happy and we were getting everything we wanted, but it felt like we were just, you know, just sitting there. And, mm. and so we thought to ourselves, well, there's, there's got to be more, right? There's got to be like a network that can offer us more than this. Sure. So when Collective came knocking on our door, we were like, hey, Collective, you know, they've got some good, some good people in there and it sounds good. They, they made these outrageous promises and stuff to us. And we're like, well, well, how bad can it be? Right. I mean, it will be at least as good as Freedom was, which is that they did nothing. But it turns out that they were actually just from day one, such a fucking, Nightmare. Wow. Mm. Uh, Frank, are are you on an MCN right now? No. Hell no. Hell hell no, dude. (laughs) I'm going to make my own MCM. I'm going to call it the Illuminati, and I'm going to get 50% of the profits. So so, so doing doing what you do, you know, and and you're doing stuff where you're using samples and and doing remixes and and, yeah, and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's actually really really spooky. I have no idea yeah. if my entire channel is going to be gone like one day just because yeah. of like, hey. the wrong sample used. Uh, talk to me. I'll come come on my network, dude. It's legit. I'll, I'll talk, see. It'll be good for you. I will. I will. <laughs> I will talk to everyone. I like yeah. talking. That's so um yeah. All right. So, uh, uh, so, so, you know, you're essentially every time you're, you're using some kind of miscellaneous sample from something somewhere, uh, you're, you're taking a risk there. And, and in the, in the past, uh, you know, a lot of you was, was this Frank Ocean remix? I mean, was this sort of hand picked or was this kind of like picked up in automation? Because up until this point, from what I understand, I mean, people sort of speeding up and slowing down sort of samples has usually sort of, uh, subverted the whole, um, automation system. Yeah. Actually, I feel like it was automated because I have the I had the title as Frank Ocean Remix mm. Lost Woods Remix. So okay, I feel okay. like a computer picked it up and took it down. But yeah, in the past, like that's yeah. In the past, like Vaporwave, the only reason it became popular was because of the pitch manipulation. Like the most popular Vaporwave song is that Macintosh one where it's just uh what what's her name? Slowed down. Uh Diana Ross just slowed yeah. down. And it was able to be promoted and sold because there is no mention of Diana Ross or the name of the actual track in the song. So it's like, oh, that's when I learned if you slow something down enough, you can you can like bypass copyright. So that's kind of been like my whole like vibe is like, I'll slow down a song or I'll speed it up like um twice as fast or two times as slow. And like I'll get past it without um copyright robots, you know, showing up. I've also found that using MIDI in place of actual songs really does help. Like I've I I just upload MIDI compositions of everything and nobody knows that it's like a copyrighted song. Like I use even popular like really popular songs in MIDI form and I'm able to put them on my videos. So that's how I've been bypassing the copyright laws. Well, that's pretty funny how these copyright laws and just sort of the YouTube animation are sort of guiding the artistic process in a really weird sense. Yeah. <laughs> that people are realizing, well, I'm just going to use slowed down samples from now on because automation on YouTube isn't going to pick that up. Well, yeah, Frank, it's uh... changing the culture. Yeah. 
I can, I can, we can get you, if you get managed, you'll be excluded from the copyright system. It'll make your life so much easier. That is amazing. That's all I need. (laughs) I think that's what I'm saying. I I just want to say, talk to me after this and I'll, I'll put you in contact with my guy. All right, cool. He's good. He's legit. I trust this guy. You're going to be very happy. It's month to month. It's good, dude. You're going to be happy. All right. That's all I really need. Yeah, me too. That's all we want to. Seriously, that's so, all. So, 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 uh, what, what guy are you talking about? Are you, uh, is, is this the yeah. Freedom Affiliate, affiliate so, that you're yeah. talking about? So this guy, Sebastian, runs a Freedom Affiliate called Paragon. And we were with him for a year. And, and, and like, this is the only guy I've spoken to who knows what he's talking about. Um, he, actually, he, he delivers on what he promises. Yeah, and if something happens, he will actually try to help you, which is something that... <laughs> You can dream of in the other network, but but most importantly, it's a month to month. So I think that you know it get like if I signed it, I don't. I'm not accusing him of being uh, disingenuous, but if we signed a two year contract with him, I don't know how many fucks he'd give at that point. But it's a month to month, and that's what keeps people like whole the whole American like consumerism is about quality and service and you know att- like because say if you bought a, can- a product and you don't like it and you can't return it for two years it's insane people would just sell you shit and they wouldn't give a fuck and that's yeah i mean if 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 you went to uh it's 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 if you went to a restaurant and you signed a contract with them saying that okay listen uh i'm going to eat all my meals at this restaurant for the next two years no matter what that's exactly then immediately they could just drop off the quality of the food and you know before you know it every day that you're going in the food is just shit and you're like, well, well, why is this the case? Well, I mean, you know, you have to eat food here regardless. You signed a contract saying so, you yeah, know, and, and yeah, I mean, the food, the food may be at a lower price. You know, we promise you that low price, but you know, we don't have to make it good. Um, so, so we already sort of on the surface can guess why just because of the, the, the abuse and the money that can be made, uh, why MCNs are sort of, you know, signing channels onto these, two-year contracts onto these one-year contracts and, and, and sort of promising a whole lot, but not putting a whole lot in writing. Uh, so, so as a result, they can kind of, you know, give a lower grade of service. Um, but, but sort of what, what is the motivation behind, you know, sort of MCNs like this that you're talking about doing a month to month contract? I mean, aren't they kind of screwing themselves yeah. in, in well, a way? Are I they actually that. like really, you know, they, sort of uh, well-intentioned here? They have everything to lose from it. But I think the the fact why freedom did it is because it gives them such a great edge. It gives them such a great edge and people don't appreciate it. People don't appreciate how good it is for them. You know, um, I think people need to start demanding month to month contracts. It, there's no, they, the network has everything to lose by giving you a month to month contract. But if you're insistent enough, like if we as a community demanded enough, what are they going to do? Not sign us, you know? And I mean, that yeah, that's the edge that freedom has, and that's why I'm with freedom right now. So there's there's no advantage for them other than offering a better service, and there needs to be competition for for companies to do better, right? And right now there's there's no competition because they're all in this uh, this club together. It's it's kind of tough, sort of a. Uh educating yourself on this issue until you're actually in a contract with an MCN and then you find out whether or not you're really happy with the decision that you made. Because the thing is so many of these YouTubers who 
you know, have larger channels and are obviously, you know, way more well-informed than you are because they've been doing it longer. Or they've had more success than you. Uh, they're busy doing their day to day and they don't necessarily have the time or, you know, sort of even the desire to, uh, uh, educate every complete stranger that comes up to them because they're on YouTube as well. So, you know, kind of your number one source for information on all of this probably isn't, you know, easily accessed by it's you. Not, it's and the, really, yeah, it's not at and, all. And the only other person telling you about how, whether MCNs are good or not, are the people who work at the MCN. Yeah. And they'll lie through your teeth every time. So, so, so I think, uh, you know, I, I just kind of wanted to put this episode together to sort of say, you know, just generally be, be wary, you know, and, and while you may sort of be seeing success with your channel, um, you know, uh, uh congratulations to Frank Jeff C for just, uh, pulling for her for 40,000 subscribers. Thanks. Um, That's awesome. Really I mean, st- still, still in the grander scheme of things, if you got thrown onto the full screen network, there would truly be no motivation for them to care about your channel as much as you do. None. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. be, because to, to them, you're just a number, you know, they're not personally invested in your channel in the way that, in the way that you're going to be. Well, think- all you got to do in the future is use public domain stuff. So like, you know, talk about books from the 1910s and, you know, sing happy birthday <laughs> and that's all you got to do. That'd be a great channel, huh? Really? Are you, yeah. uh, are you going to be doing a remix of, uh, she's coming around the mountain soon? Is that, uh, <laughs> maybe is, is that in the- all of those like, Oh, Susanna. Yeah, yeah that's that's the that's the hot fire remix of 2016 Man, right be, there. I could tear down the club with sick O Susanna remix though. <laughs> yeah, and also a uh, Saints go marching in remix. <laughs> that's some good stuff. That's some good ideas floating around here. Yeah, that's some that's some Dixieland based <laughs> shit right there, which is which is southern in nature. If you did a trap remix of that, I think it would be very. Uh, it all comes very full necessary. Circle. I'm looking forward so. to that album. Thank you. I'm, I'm looking, looking for that public domain too. album. <laughs> <laughs> the public domain remix album. Yeah. So I think, uh, uh, so, so I, I think Ethan is, is right. I mean, if you're about to sign with a channel, I think, you know, you either need to demand something month to month or, uh, I, you know, honestly, from here on out, I wouldn't sign up with anybody for longer than a year. It just doesn't make no. sense because, yeah. uh, because yeah. so much can, so much can happen in, 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 in more than a, in, in just a year it's itself. Just, it's just predatory. They're not offering you any service that legitimately requires you to sign a year. Like usually in business, if you sign a contract for a year, it's because they've invested some kind of resource in you and they want the guarantee to make that money back. The only reason sure. they're enabled to do that is because the YouTubers are not business savvy people. You know what I mean? It's just become the norm because they got away with it. They're, what legitimate reason do they have to sign you for a year? It's it's literally insane. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. It, and you you sign yourself, you're locked. But they, on the other hand, they don't guarantee anything. There's yeah, no like yeah. you, you they, can't. They guarantee nothing. And and this is the best part about the the network. When you want to leave, if you're not happy, they say, sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. Uh, you signed a contract. Sorry about that. We're just going to have to hold on to you. But when they want to release you, you know what all they have to do? Click a fucking button. And no, you're gone. True. And another thing that I think, you know, that, that YouTubers who are getting offers from MCN should most definitely be wary of. Um, you know, when, when you get a contract handed to you, if it's the same contract that they hand to every other YouTuber that gets onto their channel 
I mean, I think that right there says how much interest there's going to be in that there's going to be in your channel going into the future. That's a good point. Because the thing is, if it's the same exact contract that they hand to everybody else and there's no specifics there because you haven't negotiated any Mm -hmm. specifics or they haven't added anything specific to your Mm -hmm. channel in order to sort of entice you into going onto their network because it'll somehow be better with them than with someone else. Then I think, again, that right there sort of says, you know, how interested they truly are, not really interested, but how invested they really are. Um, you know, no matter what offer you get, even if it seems good on the surface, sit on it. Because the thing is, if they don't actually come back and try to, you know, entice you into that offer again by making a better offer down the road, they probably don't really care. No. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what. This these are the honest to God, hard cold facts about the networks. It is worth being in a network, straight up, because you get more monetization options and you have the potential of being managed and excluded from the con the copyright system. So is it worth being in a, in a network? Yes, it is. They can't make you more money. Your C, they will not affect your CPM. All the promoting and branding and all the shit they promise you is impossible. Those are, that is the only thing they can do for you. So what, what is important if you're looking to join a network? In my opinion, a short contract month to month and a high rev share and managed if you can get it. Those are the only three things that matter and everything else they tell you is just poison. And I mean, unless you've got over 10 million views a month, that's it. It's that simple. And everything else is just fucking poison. Well, every other promise that that you may have made to you, you know, sort of comes with a compromise. I mean, I had a, a, a renewal contract offered to me where it was said to me that over the next uh, uh, like period or so that I re-signed with this network that um, uh, they would bring into me like upwards of $50,000 of brand deals. So I could make like branded content. It would so, be in my it would be in my contract, right? Yeah, yeah. But the flip side of that is that I could only turn down two of those brand deals. Really? You know? So that could really yeah, that So, you know, and 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 keep in mind there was also nothing in the contract saying exactly how much money I would be making for every brand deal. So they could like, you know, uh, potentially force me into doing 48,000, you know, like 48 videos about this one thing, you know, saying, Oh, well, you know, you're getting a thousand per video, you know? So, I mean, while, you know, you've really got to think about every single angle of, of these negotiations that you make, because you, you have to feel like you, you always have to be afraid of getting screwed. How's this going to screw me? Always. Always. And I mean, the thing is that, like I said, people, YouTubers are not business savvy people. These, most of us are not used to signing contracts and shit. These, no. these people, they're out to fuck you. And you got, you've got to, you know, put on your chastity belt, man. Do not, you know what I mean? Keep that asshole tight, boy. Don't let him in there, dude. Cause they want that tight little asshole and they're going to get it too. <laughs> wow. This reminds me a lot of, um, record labels. Cause, when I was uh, first starting out with my music and stuff, I was looking for record labels to sign to and just a way for me to promote my music. And I did find one that gave me like a $500 down payment and they mixed and mastered my tracks and everything. Then at the end, they're like, okay, now you have to sell this many copies to make back the money or else you're in debt to us. And I was like, oh, how much is it? It's like, oh, $1,500. And I was like, oh, shit, I need to sell like 
I don't know. I think I needed to sell like 600 copies of my album and we only sold like 30. So we're still, well, I'm still stuck in like a record label thing where I, if I release uh, three albums under Kids Without Instruments, which was like some band I made a long time ago, like I need to send it to them. So that's why I'm doing this whole YouTube thing right now to build up my, uh, my audience so that when I do release a Kids Without Instruments track, like I can send to my label and we'll sell some copies hopefully. But this multi-channel network is, it sounds more like, well, from me as a musician like a label and i think labels are dead like most labels nowadays are like dying especially independent labels and stuff like that where i see it's more on the independent user like the independent person doing their own thing to get their message out and express their own um videos um music formats everywhere now kids without instruments is that you solo or is that like a group yeah that's me and um marion is magical at, uh, okay yeah and we i i produce and then she sings and then from that whole label experience i learned a lot about the music industry and it is horrible like basically they like it was a lot of other djs are all connected to each other so they send each other instrumentals and stuff they send their managers instrumentals of, of tracks and then they send it to like a, a pool of like over a a hundred different writers and then the writers will write a top line which is like uh lyrics to a song and then they'll they'll sing over it and send it to the dj and if he likes it um he'll he'll send it to someone else like that's how zed has like all those songs with like selena gomez and like all those other big people it's because these djs they give out instrumentals to write to writers and when we signed on that's basically what we had become was just writers so like i've written for like porter robinson zed dylan francis and of course none of the songs went anywhere because we're nobodies but like I I I find it interesting that like signing to like a record label or or something like that is very similar to the whole like multi-channel networks and it's just all like contracts and papers and I don't know I just find that mm-hmm. like inherently evil to me. Yeah. Yeah. Beware. Yeah, and they're and they're just doing that to sort of trick people who are actually making the music behind the scenes. It's like slavery um, almost because I It sounds like ghostwriting. Just yeah, sort of like ghostwriting. I have become a ghost because of the music industry. So, so under this contract that you had signed that you're still like stuck under in a way, um, you're allowed to continue to come out with music solo and that sort of subverts the contract or how does that whole thing work? Yeah. I mean, I read it. It was like a whole five, it was like a 50 page contract and I still have it. It's all like messed up and covered in like dust, but like, um, I'm able to release music uh, on my own. However, if I release under kids without instruments or release under my band name, that's when I have to, uh, you know, send it to the label, have it, they have to do a quality check and then it has to be mixed and mastered their certain way. But it sucks because I learned mixing and mastering is all just the same technique over and over again. Like mastering is just getting the song to sound the loudest as possible. Whereas mixing is like EQ, and making sure nothing overlaps each other in the spectrum of sound. Yeah. No, I mean, that's essentially what it is. I mean, while it's not necessarily recommended, the same person who mixes the record could master the record as well. Yeah. Um, but like, I felt like I was being cheated because in my label contract, like they had it mixed and mastered by all these people from like, like, I don't know, like they were like, exclusive hollywood mixers and masters and then when i found i heard it afterwards uh, like the album i was like yeah it sounds really good but i could have done this myself for free yeah Mm -hmm. and that's essentially what they were like trying to charge you for yeah and trying to sell my my records for so i had to sell records so that i can pay for the mixing and mastering when i could have just done it myself Mm -hmm. so that's why i haven't released uh any kids without instruments track in over i want to say three years because uh it just too much 
And sort of like with, with YouTubers, um, doing content independently on YouTube, when you were uh, initially approached to sort of sign a, a contract with a record label, were you gathering a little bit of buzz under this name or, you know, were you guys basically unknown and you were just sort of approached out of the blue? We were just unknown and it was because I was looking for money to pay my rent because I had just moved out like when I first started college. So I was basically showcasing my music to everyone. Like I was giving everyone a CD, sending emails and everything. So that's how I got into the whole world of the music industry or I, I, I call it like the Hollywood machine because it's more like Hollywood based where it's like all these DJs that come to LA like if, if you pay attention to like all the EDM superstars they all come to LA for like that certain reason so that they can get their music into like that whole like niche of writers that write for them and at first I thought I was like exclusive I was like hell yeah I'm gonna get to write for like Zed and Porter Robinson like they're fucking amazing I want to write for them but then I found out that there's like hundreds of other artists writing for them and that they only pick the top one that they like so i felt kind of used abused and i'm still kind of like almost like i still kind of work for them but i've been focusing mainly on my youtube channel which has been showing me more uh promise than like working for someone else so that's why i'm all about the diy aesthetic right now (laughs) so uh i i think um I don't know. I mean, I'm glad that you sort of mentioned that and sort of, you know, pulled it all together because I think at the end of the day, it's, it's all really, really just super, super related in that, you know, on the internet now, like internet platforms where you can kind of create content and share it and, and a lot of the time monetize it, whether it be on like, uh, SoundCloud, I think is doing some monetization right now. Um, Bandcamp, uh, YouTube, uh, it, it's sort of allowing people to kind of make some money off of their homemade recordings or comedy or whatever writing, w- w- whatever it may be. And it's kind of created this new market for people to kind of just swoop in and sort of provide these contracts and be like, oh, we'll do A, B, C, and D and E, F, and G. And at the end of the day, you just kind of end up owing the money or they just kind of, you know, scrape a little bit of the money off of the top of whatever you're making every month. Yeah, it's, it's just it's the same everywhere. I mean, we're just like I said, people on YouTube, we're not business savvy and everyone with power and, and, and who doesn't have any scruples screwing people, these big companies that make their money. It's the same with the labels, same with the networks. It's the same with a lot of other companies. They just they count on us being sweet, you know, innocent, trusting people when actually we should be jaded, cynical and fucking hate everybody. So, that's great advice. That's my <laughs> that's great advice. I'm writing that, it down right now. Yeah, write that, write that down and, and eat it so it goes to your soul and you hate the and hate everyone. I mean, I, I learned that while after living in Israel for five years. And these people are these people are not they don't fuck around in Israel. You toughen up fast because everybody's screwing everybody and it's no secret. You know what I mean? Here it's like a mm. it's like a secret. People put on a happy face and then they try to fuck you dry. But in Israel, yeah, that's. Scary about like the whole Hollywood industry is like they're all so smiles and happy and they're yeah, like, exactly. look at how happy everything is, and it's like, oh, it's, this is it's, evil. It's this is torment. Here. At yeah. least in Israel, everybody's fucking everyone, and you know it. But here, it's like all <laughs> smiles, and it's and it's it's worse. It's much worse here. It did feel worse yeah. to me. The whole 
they they seduce you they yeah. seduce you it's like the experience with collective was one of the worst things i've felt like it, i felt sick yeah it, we were just... we were completely taken advantage of it's like they seduce you and then you realize you're, you think you're like on a date with like a really like handsome guy or some shit and then you realize <laughs> that you've been roofied dude and you start fucking sure. passing out you, you it's a date that's, race. yeah <laughs> that's that's the perfect example of the hollywood system <laughs> roofied date route <laughs> Well, I think you I think cut that we'll. Part out, Anthony. No, I, I'm going to leave that in, and I figured that was a great point to 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 leave it at. Unless anybody is uh, afraid right now of uh, uh, catching the ire of the internet and having uh, everybody hate them for uh, a roofy date rape reference being in this podcast. Well, I'm I'm, I'm okay going on record with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, again, thank you everybody for listening. Again, I'm going to leave uh, Ethan's videos down in the description box where he sort of talked about uh, the recent copyright claim leveled against his main channel, H3H3 Productions. I will be linking to Frank Jeff C's channel as well as his music on Bandcamp as well. Oh, no problem, dude. And uh, I want to thank again, uh, Ethan, Hila, as well as Frank for coming on and talking to me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. I know we did a lot of rambling and just a lot of sharing our feelings, but hopefully people out there who are sort of up and coming creators, um, when, when somebody does step to you and with a contract, whether you're making music, whether you're making videos, whether you're making whatever, uh, we hope that we have helped you just sort of be a little more skeptical of the situation. Yeah. And, and you, you need to be able to see past people who, are fake. I know that when you're you're young and you're making something and you're really good at making it, but nobody else has realized that it can be really sort of encouraging and it can be kind of deceiving to have that first that's person step part. up to you. Yeah, that's and, the and, part. and now here comes the roofie. Yeah, exactly. The 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 <laughs> yeah. person steps up to you and actually seems like they really really care about this thing that you're doing. But but what's that they poured in your drink? Mm. <laughs> Let's just not think about that. Let's just have a sip and enjoy ourselves. <laughs> we're we're it's, we're just we're just going deeper down that rabbit hole. <laughs> down that down that rapey rabbit hole. So I think I think I think we're just gonna say goodbye now before we go even deeper. You better cut me off, dude. Yeah, we just better cut, cut me his off, mic. Son. Cut his mic. Cut me off. Cut his mic right now. Okay. <laughs> Uh, everybody, again, thanks for listening. Anthony Fantano, H3H3 Productions, and Frank Jabsey, forever. <laughs>